0: This business of music and poetry podcast, where the life of a creative meets the real world. I'm Michael Amade, host of World Poetry Open Mike, the Michael Amade show, author of more books than I should mention, musician, poet, and above all, creative entrepreneur. My collaborator and conspirator in this project is Clifford Brooks, the founder of the Southern Collective Experience, poet, and author of The Draw of Broken Eyes and Whirling Metaphysics, Exiles of Eden, and Athena Departs, A Gospel of a Man Apart. And he does so many other things as well. In this episode, we talk about the power of live events and their ability to transform your creative career and your life. Without any further ado, here's myself with Clifford Brooks. All right, and here we are, episode three of this business of music and poetry. I'm Michael Amadei. I'm here with Clifford Brooks. Of the Southern Collective Experience, we're uh, we're going to be talking today about the power of live events and why you absolutely need to be working them into your uh, the mixture of things that you have that are helping bring in money and uh, and be part of your you know our whole artistic process. But first of all, I just want to check in. Hey, Clifford, how are you doing, man? I am fantastic. How are you boss? doing? Really, really well. What's
1: uh, what's going on with the Southern Collective Experience? Currently, we're getting the April issue of the Blue Mountain Review ready. Uh, we've gotten a tremendous amount of poetry, with April being Poetry Month. Um, we have uh, some new test subjects and editor positions to help with prose and one taking over the visual art uh, part of the magazine that we'll uh, discuss more. You'll see more in the magazine when it hits in April. And Dante's Old South, as we mentioned last time, is now a monthly gig with NPR at uh, WUTC in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And uh, the last production of that came on last Sunday at 8 p.m., and it's going fantastic.
0: No kidding. That's great to hear, man. It's great to hear. With uh, with World Poetry, you know, we're, um, we're continually pushing forward. We're actually looking at doing um, multiple publications throughout the year because we usually have an anthology that comes out once a year, which is kind of uh, our bigger thing. And we are now starting to have people reach out to us about um, creating anthologies that are more regionally specific, like Africa, Asia, things like that. We're trying to wrap our head around what that would be like and how we would execute that perfectly. So um, so that's, you know, we're kind of looking into that area ourselves at the moment. But um, nothing I can really talk about yet, but that's a big one. We're also re-releasing, we did an album. I don't know if I told you this, um, Clifford, but um, we uh, we did a an album of Edgar Allan Poe stuff multiple years ago. You did ago. not. You did not cover this. So we did. So we did. um, So it was myself. It was J. Todd Underhill and uh, J.T. from the show back when J. Todd was with the show. And we did, um, I think it was something like nine or ten of his pieces with all original music in the background and all this stuff. Well, so we, you know, it sold a few copies, but then we never really pushed it after we put it out. And so uh, it's just been sitting there. So what we've done is we pulled it back we're remastering it we're reworking it we're doing some re-recording we're doing new instrumentation with the music and i got and i don't have a release date because i don't want to put pressure on it yet yeah but i got to tell you man it sounds absolutely great i'm so much happier with it than i was the first release even though the first one i thought was really good I think this one's killing it, and I'm really looking forward to putting it out. Maybe we'll put it out around uh, around Halloween time. You know, I mean, maybe that'd be that. be uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what you snatched it out of my mouth. It's not mine, dude. But that that's that's yeah. I, I like to let something sit. Like it's like when you take, it is, and it's not to just, just steal your story, but I mean it. I've had it when uh, when when I when I've had projects or you know projects I'm something that aren't even mine that I'm affiliated with. And I don't bake, so I'm just going to use this this you know this this example loosely. It's like when you bake bread and you bring it out of the oven; and it's hot. And you're like, "Oh my God, it's going to be so good!" But you got to let it sit, right? You know. And I think maybe that's what you're looking at.
0: Let letting things sit's hard for me, man. I'm working on it. I'm <laughs> yeah. getting better at it. I'm getting yeah. better at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay, so I mean, so that's that's I was kind of catching up here. But really, what we want to talk about is um, the power of. Live events. And, and I mean, that's a phrase we're using, but I think you and I both have very much a similar point of view. Um, and we also have seen this in the dynamics of the actual market that exists now that live events are really becoming more and more the game uh, for a lot of people. So I think, first of all, um, I'd like to kick it to you and kind of have you talk about from your perspective with uh, the collective and what you guys are doing and, and what your perspective is on live events for people who are working in poetry. And, uh, and and literature in general so
1: what we've done um on march 9th we had living the creative <laughs> life and it was our first um Lollapalooza of sorts where we had um the keynote speaker was uh jackie cooper and uh we had um connor garrett come in to speak about his hybrid press lucid publishing uh echo garrett came in and talked about um there's never it's never too late to start writing. Uh, we had a speaker come in and talk about the different the different kinds of editors, not just editing. And we touched on, of course, and I spoke about um, and editing being a part of my top ten things that um, you as a writer need not make light of. You know, and um, some of that you know those would include social media uh, editing, uh, not only yourself but always you know and always throwing in there because I'm extremely honest about the fact that I'll never publish anything without ha- without having a, a professional editor look over it. Um, backing up and looking at what, what other similar um, literary events are doing and then doing something they're not, finding out where the holes are in their programs, and instead of pointing it out like so many do and griping about it, saying, well, okay, well, with what we're doing, how can we fill that? Because if you want to make someone uh, – Powerful or empowered, um, free. You educate them. I mean, that's that's to me that's the bottom line. And when where literary where literature is concerned, there there are there, certain um, folks that that think well, it really isn't so important to have live events because you can get on the computer. You know, you can get on the internet at any time and see these people, see different folks. Um, you know, giving tutorials or doing readings. Listen to their, you know, listen to a podcast. But what I have found is that um, just as they think that texting and emails have made us a more fluent, uh, communicative people, uh, it it actually has built a wall and leaving it just in front of us on the computer that people are hungry to get out. And and as much as we artists want to say we're introverts, uh, yes. We have to have some of that because there's a significant part of our life that we spend in our own heads, in a room, away from everybody, creating our own craft and getting better at it. But there's still that part of us that needs, and we'll run out of stories if we're not injected into a social situation.
0: So, uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, so, I mean, and, and you know, it, it's when you, it's in the, and to keep a very close eye and, and, and the only firm hold hold that I want to have over anything is to make sure that it's a safe environment. You know, that, that, what I, what I mean by that is that somebody can come in and, and, I don't know, we've all been in like, especially I always think with jobs. I worked for the state for 10 years and they would say, there's no dumb question. And then you answer, you ask a question and then you're quickly find out that there are dumb questions and they let you know right then that it's a dumb question. You know, I, I want to make sure that, that we don't create something like that. You know, so living the creative life, um, came, came off on March 9th uh, in Canton, Georgia, and went uh, beyond any expectations I had. I mean, it, it, it was fantastic. Um, and then we have, you know, some live, We have some uh, open mic readings uh, coming up um, in the next couple of months, especially into the spring and summer. Except for August, because it's too damn hot here in August to do anything in in, uh, in the summer here. Um, but uh, the same thing we do with the the open mics is that we have um, the first hour, forty five minutes, split between two speakers. Because we find out that people, they, they truly do, as much as they want to get their feet wet in the craft and reading and practicing and sharing their stuff, to, to get something, to be able to learn and put something in their tool belt before they get up there and, and, and stretch their wings, they seem to find invaluable. And that's what we want to do. I
0: think that's really, um, that's really something. In fact, okay, so let me, let me talk about from a music perspective, and then I think there's a point that you have just illustrated that I also have a background on that I think will be really valuable to people listening <clears throat> um. So, with uh, you know, coming li- from coming from the music perspective, because obviously I have a little bit of both. Um, we've done live events for, through World Poetry Open Mike before. Um, we've had people fly in from other countries to come to this thing before, um, as well as around the United States. However, um, talking about music, so it's it's really interesting when a when a band or a musical act starts that it is very rare that you have people who are willing to come out based on your name, just saying, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm playing some night, you know, over at this place. It's very rare that a lot of people will come out and see you because even nowadays you could put your music online. You could have an amazing music video. You could do everything. You could just blow your brains out working on this thing. And people won't even take the time to listen because everybody's so busy. I mean, no one's going to click play and sit there and listen, you know, um, it has to be presented to them in a different way. And, uh, it's a real frustration for a lot of artists to to not have people come out and not even have people give them a shot to see if they should be interested or not. So we hit on this idea um, a few years ago with this this group I'm in called The Silence Still, and I'm, I'm half of them. We hit on this idea of doing a show that is more all about targeting value to the ideal customers and audience of our music. So one of the things we did was we created a show called Rock Circus Masquerade, and we named it very blatantly so people would know exactly what it was by the title. And really what it was, was it was our concert, but we had circus performers. We had, you know, we brought in people, we brought in professionals to do all this. We had it in a huge theater and we tested this out. So we went and we did, um, we did a huge PR push. We were in three huge newspapers we stood on the busiest street in downtown Denver for six weekends. We handed out over 3,500 beautiful flyers. We had this 10-foot-tall creature walking around on stilts people were taking their pictures with. We got all kinds of you know traffic there. That All of that, those things I just mentioned, sold two tickets. However, Facebook ads, marketing, rock circus masquerade. It was a masquerade, ball, and rock show filled the rest of the room. We spent 300 extra bucks on that, right? Now, the reason that worked is because people started sharing it with their friends. Hey, we all should go to this. So we ended up with a room full of people, all dressed up, excited for the show, who had no idea who we were, Mm -hmm. which is pretty fascinating, right? But that also meant that they all bought our records on the way out. They bought our merchandise. Now we had fans. People loved it. But the whole point there was we were offering something that worked, that mattered to them, and they didn't know who, what our name was. Now, of course, you know, I know the collective is, is active in the community as well, but what you had to do was you offered a, a tangible benefit, living a creative life. You had something that was valuable to them. It wasn't just like, hey, come see me, hang out over here and read something. So when exactly. we're talking about events, we're talking about thinking about something that's valuable to the, the people that you're hoping to reach. First and yeah. foremost, it's it's about them, not about you. Yeah, I guess that's probably the first big point.
1: It is. I mean, in in, in, our, in the title, I mean, it's you 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 check off all the important stuff. You do um, it, things that people you have to come at it with a business plan. You have to come at it with a list and accountability where you sit down and if you do it with somebody you sit down from the very beginning and this is this is not just aimed at artists i mean this is any you know this is more like friends or you know when you come down well you sit there and you talk and you get excited and you plan this thing and you're both serious about it and you may both move to execute it but if you don't write that stuff down from the beginning it yeah. can always um, disintegrate before it gets started with well i thought you were going to do that no i thought you were going to do that no i thought you were going to do that no, so as, as, as mundane as these things may sound in the beginning or, or common sense, I always like to start from the beginning. So sitting down with a list and making sure that each of you um, understand, you know, writes down what you're going to do and then take that list home. And I I would rather, you know, you, you grow up um, saying, well, it's better to ask for, um, for forgiveness than permission. That's good as a teenager with your parents. But when you're trying to make something work, I'll take that list home. of of things that I've written down that I'm supposed to do. And then I'll write down things that they said they were going to do. And then I'll email it and say, I mean, it's not just no trickery. Like, this is what I think that I heard you say. And this is what I think that, that, that I, you know, that I said to you is all this correct. So you stay, I mean, every foot being firm where you put it from the beginning to the end and then scheduling the thing no less than three months out. You oh, need yeah. it. you. I mean, that's and to me, that's that's still squeaking by. I mean, I think that that planning needs to start at month five, month five, four again in the earliest that by the third month, you want to have the blueprint of how you get the word out, who you advertise through, how much money you're going to spend on each of these things. The budget, again, not trying to talk down to anybody is extremely important. Because advertising is what a new business spends more into just beginning than anything else. It's not the product. It's the advertising. It's like you said. I mean, it's like you do And this. In the, it, it is the, the, the model we use is very similar. The, the living the creative life. Again, the title, not trying to be a writer or hoping to be a poet or uh, art is fun living the creative life the operative word being living which again is it's of course we're wordsmiths so but the double entendre there is that you are to live the creative life is that it's a it's a tangible money-making part of your existence it's a choice too exactly yeah. exactly and 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 so and we caught a lot of flack for that from from some people you know because you always have naysayers and naysayers are important and there's no joke after that mm-hmm. for them to say well no well you know uh it, it's uh well we, what if these people aren't really at that stage where they they're just still trying to get their inspiration we have um separate classes for those who are at the beginning stages to see if they just want to be um if they want to be a hobbyist which is just you know somebody who loves to write and doesn't want to take it any farther than that you know as far as like you know just what they do and sharing it with a few friends and that's awesome there's no better or worse here but this was meant to be and what the the uh what our what are our, uh, our, 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 our 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 big events are going to be aimed towards more of the 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 college class, not college age, but more the the the, the, the air of being the the, the more. Ed- so you've decided to be a writer. You've got something that even if it's in a pulpy mass, you've got you've taken that first, second, third step. Now you want to know how you take it from uh, that big pulpy mess to something more organized, and then how you take it to that third, fourth, and fifth step, so that the the customer can come in and paying for the ticket. You're talking about adding value to to what you're doing. Nothing literally does that more in the client's mind, the student's mind, than by putting money into it. And but by that, by doing that, it's not saying, oh, I'm Scrooge McDuck and now I'm rolling in gold coins. It's saying, you know, that puts huge pressure on you, the organizer, to say, I I better have these folks walking out to some degree saying, man, I don't know what happened in there, but it was m- way more than I thought I was going to get. And I don't even know yeah. how to explain it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, um, one thing that always got me was <clears throat> when I went to, um, I think I went to this one live and I think it was the first big seminar thing I'd ever gone to. And I mean, it was some like secrets of the millionaire mind thing or whatever. It was like a free thing you go to. Well, the thing that really blew me away was partway through the day, I see this huge room full of people. And the guy just at the end of day two, it was a three day thing, starts talking about some other, uh, you know, seminar they have. And it's baked right in. The sales presentation connects completely to what they're doing, the seminar otherwise. And he goes, well, you know, and we're doing a special today. It's going to be $1,500 a person or it's $2,500 for one person, 1500 for all the other people you want to bring. And I, and he goes, but that's, there's a limited amount of tickets. So I, I jump on it. If you really want to take action, do it. I saw hundreds, hundreds of people, go sign up for this thing. And I was sitting there, I and I just started ignoring the guy on stage, and I started watching it going, right now I'm watching someone make something like $3 million right Mm -hmm. in front of me. Now, I'm not saying we're going that direction, but what I am saying is is that that is the power of a live event that is promising value to somebody. Now, I'm not saying we go try to sell that necessarily, but the, the point being is when we have people who, uh, who want to experience something, whether it may be music, you know, sometimes uh, a concert is allowing someone to experience community, but also have this transcendent experience of feeling music that allows them to connect to their, their spirit and their life and their, their emotions in a really strong way, you know, and it's an experience where they'll be able to walk away and go, wow, I just felt something that I'd never feel in my day-to-day life. Right. But we got to remember have, that.
1: You have to do that in person. You have, just like just just like the 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 Ken, the kindle and this is not just me being an old curmudgeon the, i don't think the kindle will ever replace the books statistically want, it's showing itself no people won't exactly yeah. people that's why the nook is not around anymore you know right they people, people want to hang on to something as much as people can get a taste of it online which is what you give them online if you can get them and that's where that that what you're talking about that, you know, where both of us are like, no, we don't really agree with that. But when somebody comes in person and they're so, you know, energized and they've given you a taste with that free offer, you're not going to get that kind of hysteria through a computer. You got to be there, you know, and that's where you and I are talking about. Um, do you, do you try and s- sell snake oil or do you take that, that fervor and, um, and build it up in a much more constructive uh, fashion? Cause I'm not saying the guy that you're mentioning is you know, maybe that, that $2,500, $2, you know, taught them how to uh, it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't go yeah. to it, but, uh, you know, yeah. those yeah, no, things. But, uh, <laughs> we, we,
1: we, you know, but, <laughs> we both, what, you, what, you've been, what you've done is, is, uh, is, is, give, is shine the light on that responsibility thing. You know, yeah. where, where, where when you, when you, when, you know, it's it's perfect example is when you, how many times have you seen a trailer for a movie that looks so good and then you pay that $500, which is what tickets are today, to go see in the IMAX, <laughs> and it sucks. Yeah. You know, because the best yeah. part of it was you don't want to do that. The responsibility on you is to, and, and that's why when, uh, when, when we put this thing together, living the creative life, we picked people that were, um, that were, that were dynamic speakers. That, that was something that when you, when you want to, especially when you're, when you're going to do something that's all talk and everybody that gets up is going to have a, a significant chunk of time, 45 minutes to an hour. If you've got one that sounds like that professor Ben Stein, off of uh, Ferris Bueller's day off Bueller Bueller. <laughs> if you have that going for an hour, it, yep. it tanks Yeah, the whole thing, you know, make sure that you go and, and not just know them, but that you've heard them speak. You've heard them give a class. You've seen how people react with them and then take time to say, all right, you don't have to worry so much about the speakers all being buddy, buddy, but there are certain personalities that are going to rub wrong with others, and uh, w- you know you can't make you know to, to sit there and think. Well, we're all going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Well, that's that's childish. But y- you you want to make sure nothing kind of n- discontent is like a virus. And 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 if you see like two speakers that just yeah. are at odds at, with each other, everybody in the room feels it. So I mean, just just assess that. You know, look at the people. You know, and also keep it directed to the point. Don't I have when 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 we had living the creative life. Um, Due to um, a lack of diligence, we didn't see that two other local Georgia huge entities were having events on the same day in the same time frame. And we almost said wisely, you know, as as it would have been to a degree like, oh, well, let's postpone. And also uh, to to this end, uh, don't ever be so stubborn that you say, you know, even with all the odds stacked against you and all the math says, no, follow the facts. Don't don't just go on hope alone and. You know, do it and stubbornly plot ahead um, to your own demise. But when when we were, we caught it early enough, said, all right, look, um, we're not nearly as big. We have fewer speakers. But that's a good thing because we look at these other two entities and now that they're doing it wrong. They had just, you know, speaker after speaker after speaker after speaker to speaker. Speaking from myself, I don't like feeling like I'm being punched in the face by, you know, person after person after person. After person. I right. like to feel like I've had a moment with each of them. And then I looked at the price ranges, and we were charging less than the other two, which was a bonus. But then I realized, again, business sense, what are they not doing that we can do and fill that gap? Not just with the, the education, with the learning that we provide, but none of these other entities gave any kind of educator discount or student discounts. And so we did that because, again, you want, that, you want, to, you want to allow um, a, a, a ticket price. For all those who would love to come, you know, because Atlanta Atlanta is a huge city, but there are only so many of those people that write. There are only so many people of those that write they can afford to go to these things, and many of those are students who I don't. I can still remember where when you had five dollars, you were balling, you know. Oh yeah. So to 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 bring and when you get a cross section of ages in there, it 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 invigorates the entire project. You know, the younger ones see see those that are older. And the older ones though they're younger, and they there's a there's a there's a unique energy that comes from that very much so yeah. and so and and so you know offering you know offering that and 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 then also you know you you provide them exactly what you promised and a little bit more. You never want to go in and say, it'll be the best. And a, and a, lot, a lot of it's a, it's a sales technique, I think, that we get from, like, car sales ads on TV. You know, biggest thing ever. And then you get there, and you've built this huge thing up in your head, whether you meant to or not. And then they walk away disappointed. And that's the worst advertising you can have.
0: A oh, 100%. I mean, I, I think the uh, the thing you have to be able to do is make it feel like whatever you're asking them to pay to come in, you've got to do at least two to five to even 10 times the value of that. And I mean, so the thing that I had kind of thought about too is, I personally for me, I never want to compete on price, ever. I want to be able to charge kind of a premium, not because I'm just being a selfish jerk. I want it to be, it's a lot easier to get, uh, you know, 20 people at $85 just to throw that out there than it is for me to get, you know, uh, two hundred people at you know, eight fifty or whatever. You right, know what I mean. Right, right. So the um, the 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 whole idea being that um, what you have to do is if you're going to be thinking about something like that, at least at least from my perspective, like when we did this with the concert, we wanted to do a twenty dollar ticket. Now, a twenty dollar ticket to some band you've never seen before. There is no way in hell you're selling that, man. Right. There's no way. But we did. We sold the room out because we thought, okay, we want to charge $20 for the ticket. That's how much money we need to actually make a little bit of money and pay everybody involved and, and do everything. However, uh, now we have to look back and go, okay, well, what do we have to do to make this worth $50 a ticket? And then we'll charge $20, right? So right. Um, now a lot of that is in perception, too. you got to find out what's important to the people that you're serving you got to figure out you know what they'll think is worth 50 bucks not what you think and so i i maybe that's another show we can get into sometime which is kind of like actually sitting down and figuring out who your ideal fan is we could talk about kevin kelly's thousand true fans idea and all these things you know that might be a a separate show because i think that's kind of an in-depth deal but you got to know what the people you're connecting to uh, are going to care about, because that that is who you're serving. Like I've said, and this is the same point over and over. It's not about you. It's about them. It's not about them coming out to see you and how you're such a big deal. It's about how you're helping them on their journey. And even if we're talking about a guy like Neil Gaiman, right, who travels around and does these things, people go because they want to see Neil Gaiman, sure. But what they really want is to say that they've seen Neil Gaiman. They really want to sit there and have the experience of hearing him read and you know, they, they read Neil Gaiman because they get things from reading Neil Gaiman, not because Neil Gaiman is such a big deal. They're all just doing it for him. Right. And that's one thing musicians, up and coming musicians will do that drives me crazy is when they'll have a concert and then people start showing up and then they start acting like it's all about them. Oh, thank you so much for coming. This is you're helping me fulfill my dreams. Guys, that's not what this is about. If you go to the real pros, all they're thinking about is how do you have a good time? You know, and what can we do for you? So I, I just started stealing that model myself and saying, Okay, I'm gonna start doing that no matter what.
1: Yeah. I mean, because the the opposite is because my favorite is like when you go to see your favorite band and and and, and the good ones the good ones never do it. But those bands that come out and say, All right, here's our new song and to me it's like, Okay, so this is a song I don't know any of the words to. Fantastic. Why you yep. know, it's like that's that's true, the me, man. me, me thing. We're going to premiere something right now. Like, well, uh, well that's kind of cute, but what? Well, it it going back to when you you know saying uh, selling. You know, fewer tickets, not fewer tickets to your to your disadvantage, but you know, it's, especially with what we were doing with living the creative life, is that we, and it, it, we wanted we. I don't want to make. I don't want to have any of our paid events any bigger than thirty people. Sure. Uh, because i I'd like to keep it intimate because another thing when I would go because i've I've sat in i paid to go and been paid to speak at some of these things, and th- the experience there is is invaluable I mean it really i mean unless you've gone out and this this is true for almost anything until you've gone out and, and tasted for yourself what you like and what you don't like it's it's nearly impossible to have a grip on what you need to do or, or not to do i agree when you when you have your own, but you know when we had we had twenty five people at this event, and we had one, two, three, four, five speakers. And when you have that smaller group, one, you have a group that you can feed economically, better food, and when you break into like little pods where you have like group projects to break the monotony, where you have writing prompts and stuff, it's much more feasible. It's it's much more time effective and and, and, and uh and the 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 feeling that, that I wanted to project and we pulled off was well, my girlfriend Carolyn and I sat down and said, Well, what's some cool things that we'd want to see? We had seen in other events where the speakers, and again, this is good, better, and different. There somebody would get there and speak that people like not in the in the not kind of like you were talking about Neil Gaiman, where these people would somebody would get up and you could see that there were some people there that really wanted to hear them. You know, and they would just move forward in their seat yeah, and they're yeah. engaged. And then that person would speak, and then they would get down off the away from the podium and then walk out of the room and leave. And you would see those people kind of going, Oh, man, you know. Where they would, you know, where they and like you can't get up and chase them out, you know. So I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna force anything on anybody. They're nice enough to come and do this thing with me, you know. But if we could all sit down, because some of the ambiance there, with the, you have an intimate setting where no one, especially because yes, we are introverts, and to be in a huge room is can, is kind of uh, daunting, you know. Especially if you want to ask questions or be involved or absolutely. You know, yeah. So then but also in that small intimate group, you have those speakers spread out at the different tables. So that you can leave and say, like, so-and-so was, was speaking, but this person was actually right next to me or at my table or in my room. It, it builds that sense of community, and that's something that I think that they don't expect coming in with their ticket prices. What you're saying is to give them more than what they bought.
0: You know, I well, and that's, that's actually a really uh, insightful thing, and, I, and I, I like that you did that. That makes a lot of sense. There's, there's a, um, a study I saw recently that behavioral traits of spending are changing among people, especially in the age of social media. So whereas uh, the baby boomer generation would take money and they would purchase things, they'd purchase cars, houses, whatever, we're actually seeing now that people who are kind of like Gen X and the older millennials, whatever, specifically, they're spending their money on experiences, but specifically things that they can then use to build their own social status through pictures and through social media stuff, right? Yeah. So like yeah. I said, people go see Neil Gaiman. Now, I'm sure they love it, and I'm not calling him down. And, and, you know, the guy's great. He puts on a good show, like awesome. But how many of those people you think deep in their mind the real thing was for them to have a picture saying, you know, here's seeing – even if it's not with him, yeah. here's seeing Neil Gaiman or like, you know, yeah. checking in or whatever. And, then, yeah. and we can't knock that because if we're paying attention to what – uh, what people want, we have to just kind of accept it. Okay, well, so they want to be sitting with someone that they really admire, because to them, that's going to inspire them. Maybe that's a chance for them to get excited. And then for your and our, you know, you're in my goal about like, trying to help people live a creative life more. Well, that's a great way to do it, you know? So I I, uh, I think that's a really cool uh, thing that you thought about right there. That's That's a good way to go about it.
1: Thanks, man. It's, it's, this, it really does come down to, uh, you know, what, excite, what, what brings up that childlike joy. Because as, as, um, as Peter Pan, as it may sound, like, you never really grow old if you retain that, like, just one, one piece of your childhood. Like, you know, if you really like cartoons or comic books or, uh, you know, your guilty pleasure 1980s hairband, you know, that thing that you never let go, you know, that's the thing that we want, to, want people, that, that excitement. You know, because that just like discontent is a negative virus that, that 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 glee that 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 childlike, you know, oh, my God, you know, I'm good at this. It's it, You know, that is even more so inspiration,
0: you know, that, inspiration yeah. and um is contagious as well.
1: I exactly. Think. Yeah, it, it, it's and it's you want people when you have folks, when you literally take folks away from that pedestal, from uh, off that pedestal, away from that podium and put them at the table, I I believe that it also reinforces these are just people. And if they can achieve their goals and tell you how to get there. And also the, the, the biggest compliment that I heard the entire time that throughout the entire day was a six-hour event, too. Because, you know, again, I, we tried to keep speakers at like 30 minutes to 45 minutes because – I think anything longer than that just becomes like peanuts, teachers talking, wah, 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 wah. you know, that's, you know, you want people to get up, you know, to be able to stretch and have more than a sound bite, but not getting a, a, a you know, a full long lecture. Um, having the, you know, the ability within the stretch of the legs and stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the writing prompts and the, and then, you know, the people getting up to read their prompts and then, we, as the lecturers, would actually do the writing prompts along with them at the same time. And oh, that's when we cool. would get. Oh, yeah. So, when, we, and, and, and so many of time, and many of us, you know, we want, it's, it's how do you, so many people want to know, like, well, how do you get the word started? And what I have found is a commonality between, uh, with among many writers, is that we'll, we'll, we'll hit it from a, a humorous standpoint, you know, because if you try to go in there real, real serious from a very, um, from a real hard for hard edge point of view, I've i found that that's kind of the, the most difficult way to get the engine to start. And so to get people to laugh, to me, I've found that laughter, whether we have um, an open mic for poetry reading or a lecture series that's you know that that's open to the public, um, to one of these is that if you get people to laugh, um, it, it, it it takes away that 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 feel that some of that fear fear of failure, you know. And so we you know we would do that with with um, some of us standing up to begin reading what we had wrote um and then also if someone doesn't and with some of these things again the whole the whole blueprint of our event um from the advertising th- this being the first time we've done it we did learn an enormous amount and and we had a serious goal and we all worked hard towards meeting that goal but we all realized that with this being our first one that we would probably stumble a few times and take note of that and just perfect our scheme, our, our business plan for the next one. And, um, you know, we, we found out during the making of the event that there was, you would, you kind of look around and say, all right, right, y'all, you know, who wants to read because there'll be something in their mind that the the people that pay to come that of course, you know, those who are speaking will want to get up and read because we kind of do this for a living, but you'll look around the group and and you can just, I mean, you just, you learn how to read people in a positive way with the way their eyes are open or kind of looking away. And you'll say, like, do you want me to read what you wrote? You know, and, and you'll, they'll kind of like some of them will hold their paper up because they don't want to read, but they don't mind. They want to hear it. And so it, it, you get once you break that. The whole point of this is that once you break that levy of of tension and fear, you know, the 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 the, the brilliance that that'll pour out of so many of these people that you see glow. And it's not that you yeah. just like a, just like a true teacher. You've seen this where it's like, you know, I think it was Aristotle. No, Socrates is like, you know, I don't teach people. I, I just, you know, I, 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 I don't teach them facts. I help them think, you know. I don't, I never stand back, nor has anybody that I've dealt with on this level, and said, I did that. Look how happy they are. It's just that you, you feel content with the fact that you gave them a platform on which you saw that light come on and, the, and their eyes come open, and all you do is get the hell out of their way.
0: You're speaking my language, man. I think, uh, so with World Poetry Open Mike. I mean, this has been something we've been doing for seven years now. Um, Mm -hmm. And we just had our fifth anniversary of going independent uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, the thing that we did was we built a show that was, once again, meant to be valuable to the people who called in and listened. It wasn't about us. It was about them. And what we did was we learned how to scale a platform That then allowed them to read and to share and to talk and communicate with each other and to build a community and grow and give critiques to the point now, like I've said, we've had, you know, we've had multiple events. We've had people flying from, you know, Canada. We had Cynthia Sharp uh, coming from Canada. We had people flying from, you know, Michigan and all over the place. Um, And uh, just some fantastic, and it was cool having them in person, but I suddenly realized, you know, yeah, we've been doing this radio show, so it's not in a room. But we've done it long enough. We've had the strength of community. I mean, we have people who've been with us, no kidding, uh, Cliff, every Friday night for about seven years. Wow. Every single one. And that's multiple people. That, that, now, I, one thing I will say is we might not have the hugest crowd, but we have some of the most loyal people that I have ever seen. I mean, it's crazy, and be, but we've put all of our energy on building something that's valuable to them. Everything we do is always thinking about how can we be valuable to the people who uh, who call in and listen to the show and help, collab- basically, they're collaborating on the show with us, and it sounds like that's what you did with your event. You invited these people to come into the room, and yeah, you were there with the panel, but you were kind of all co-creating this event together, which is really cool.
1: It is. I mean, it, we there were... Two of us, and and I have found I found this out too, is that you don't want too you know too many chiefs and not enough Indians. You don't want too many cooks in the kitchen and all those adage. Um, I know that when I'm not a a principal designer of the program, and they and they invite me to come and be one of the speakers, um, I'll say well you know I'll first ask, well you know what what hole do you see in your program and and maybe I can fill that, or I'll say um, here are the three things that I've been asked to speak about the most. Would you like to pick one of these? Because, you know, when, you know, when you get too many people in there that, I mean, you just know this, when you get too many people that you can easily veer off course, you oh, know, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then there's, and then there's also don't, you know, it's not being bossy, but if you're inviting someone to speak, oftentimes more than not, when you deal with people that are not all about me, 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 they don't mind, you know, being said, look, we need somebody to, to speak about this. Do you, do you talk about that? And they're like, oh yeah, I have something ready or no, I don't, but you know, I'd love put to put something
0: together because um, it matters. Yeah
1: you know exactly and, and and it's you know there are cliches that i think have been around for a long time because they're true and i think <laughs> one of those is that you know quantity and not quality is definitely one of those yeah. you know um yeah. very true Well, you looked at when we looked at the event from a money standpoint um we our open mics uh, the southern collective uh we put on one of those we, we did every two months we went on hiatus well we got the, the radio show in the magazine now that it uh in 2019 that it's been going you know the magazine every two months radio show every month we took a step back because again and also with planning this big event um we made a conscious effort to focus to selectively diversify on what we put our attention on but a great way to sell your paid events no pun intended is to have free events like our open mic sessions where they it's it's a symbiotic relationship where you have folks come in and they 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 learn something and it's it's not a tease. That's something else like again, when I, you know, when we were talking about that guy, you know, earlier selling tickets for twenty five hundred dollars a piece, we're both like, whatever. Because that's a real cheap trick when it's like they'll say, We're gonna teach you this, and then you come to learn that, and then they give you like they don't and cause I've sat in, I've sat in one of these myself where they don't they give you all these broad, you'll be famous, you'll be rich, your book will be published here, 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 and here. You'll have this many fans. And you're like, oh well, how? Oh, well, now that I've got you good and ramped up, that part is the paid pit. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's such a great deal, at, and you've already gotten to that fevered pitch, and you have no real reason to believe you'll get that information. Absolutely. Absolutely. I call it I call it the bee disease, where you've got this you know, manuscript and then there's an A and then C is you're published and, and no one tells you where that mystical B is. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there was a far side cartoon that came out in the late eighties or something where there's a scientist at the board with his, with his buddy in the white coats and there's all this math. And then there's a cloud in the middle that says a miracle occurred. And then the answer <laughs> on the other side, that's kind of what I feel like there, there's you know a lot, many people still and, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's, that's what we, we came into and we called it, you know, well, we didn't want to call it the B disease because that didn't it sound like something where people would want to go pay to get the like hepatitis disease. B yeah, exactly. it, <laughs> and we're going to pay for that. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Don't, yeah. It's good not to name an event after a disease. It's, <laughs> but it's, um, yeah. No, I, I, I see exactly where, where you're going with that. I think, um, so maybe this sits on a really good. Uh, maybe this hits on a really good thing. So this, I was talking to you before we started recording this that I really see similarities in the way the music business is working now and kind of the publishing industry. So I'd like to throw this out and see what you think of it. Um, so so the recording industry, for a while, you make a record. um, You put out your single or a single, right? It's one of the best songs on the record. You put right. that out technically for free. So people can hear it. They, they can be pulled in. Then they either buy your album, or they stream it, or or whatever. In this case, it is they buy your book, or they maybe you're giving away copies of your book or electronic. However, you decide to do the model, but the ultimate sale is when you come in concert, right? And so, right in in a way, I kind of see uh, publishing in this way. Like, for instance, the rise of of poets, if you can call them that, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into that, but uh, Instagram poets, for instance, there's been some ones who've hit huge without doing the work. Um, but I will say hit huge because what they're doing is they're offering bite-sized singles of poetry or even lines that they call a poem. Then they put out a book and then they go on a tour and the tour kills it. And in some cases the book kills it. Um, so, I mean, i gotta say more power to them for finding a way to make a lot of money with poetry good for you on the other hand it leaves the rest of us who are kind of sitting there going wait a second what how, how who just hijacked our art you know who just yeah. hijacked the art for yeah. Yeah. you know yeah.
1: and, 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 and and to me it's i'm not the i'm not the pinnacle of any kind of any things that's you know i just and so i don't think I'm, you know i don't want anybody to think that i'm putting myself you know where i don't belong but I've heard, when I heard somebody, the, the first, this is where I feel like, you know, like oh, back in my day, when someone, the first time I heard InstaPoet, they're like, what, oh, what, man. what the hell is it? Like, yeah. I felt I felt old asking, like, I really feel like I should know what that what, what is. What the hell is know? an InstaPoet? Yeah. And, but then when I saw, I mean, there have been, you know, the, the, and, and it's, there, <clears throat> to me, there's no, I don't get, you know, it, the, the, the you know, even the I think when Shakespeare said, "Beware the green eyed monster, for it doth mock the meat it feeds on." Many people think that's greed, you know, the green eyed monster. I think it's envy. Yeah. Um. To, to me, like you're saying, like you know, I'm like, look, I'm hey, not going to agree and say that that's that's art. You know, but <clears throat> what I've seen is that kind of a tangent when uh, the the Harry Potter books were so huge, and people were like, oh my god, it's witchcraft and kids are going to worship the devil. I never to me I was like, really, please just simmer. I was ecstatic to see kids reading. I know. know? So it, Man. the same in the same framework with the Insta poets is that things that bring that attention back around is putting that it's still putting light on the art world. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 like <clears throat> when I see other uh, organizations, literary organizations putting on huge events and having success with it, I don't think and again it's it's just it's such a waste of energy to sit there and and hate and point and and try to find fault is that what it's proving is that there is a community out there who wants to be educated, and wants to be better writers, or 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 wants to just be a, a, a to be able to sit in the stands at the circus and be close sure. to the lions and the sure. bears and the tigers, you know, and so to to, to see art doing well and to, and to see there there have always been those those weird changes. Remember when pet rocks were a thing? Oh yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's just you know it's like you know so I mean it's, there's there, you're gonna have these oddities that pop up every now and again and what it does is it brings people back and if you can get if you can just get a handful of people saying oh, well, that that's poetry I didn't really know that's poetry Why don't I go see with the other poetrys out there that's bringing attention to the cause you know and we've had you know when we have open mics that are that are free we'll have folks get up there and and teach a lesson you know we'll typically have one prose writer talk for 15 20 minutes and one poet get up there and talk about something of the craft something of the craft that you don't hear a lot about. Like we had um, Roger Johns come in, who's a brilliant suspense mystery writer. And he gave a lecture on how he got involved with these women's writers group on how to effectively write a female character. Mm. And I was like, that's fascinating. I've never thought about that, you know? And so, you know, it, it's, it's and these, so many of these, these people like Rod, they, like Roger Johns, they, they're so giving with their time. And, and 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 when you get people like that up in front of folks that, want so bad and they've got that divine fire and they want to make a living out of it that nothing is worse than 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 hitting a brick wall with somebody that says well if you don't understand what i'm saying right now then you'll never be a writer and don't come ask me later because these are trade secrets and yes. that's what i was gonna say the, the big the biggest compliment i got <clears throat> um from the event was i had a couple who had come in from chattanooga uh for living the creative Life. And on the lunch break, I was, you know, kind of going around saying, hey, you know, how do you, how do you feel about everything? You know, says, just, <clears throat> you know, please let us know at any time. You know, anything we could do better, things we could do, you know, things that you don't really like. And the guy said, he and his wife both agreed. It's like, this is the first one we've been to where it wasn't someone up behind the um, the podium saying, you're never going to get where I am. You're just lucky to be in the room with me. And, um, you know, the price of your ticket was to hear me pontificate on this, you know, garbage that you know, this makes you feel like trash. You know, and uh, and, yeah. and, 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 and is you know, <clears throat> and I've been to, the only experience I had with that, again, it's like, I'm not going to take credit for saying, you know, let's not do that. You know I mean? I never thought, you know, I just, yeah. I don't, I, I can remember going to see um, poetry readings, which is one of the reasons why it's such a, uh, uh, man, I'm going to be truthful with you. If somebody just came up out of the blue and said, hey, Cliff, you want to go to a poetry reading? I still to this day would be like, uh, who is it? You know, yeah. Be- yeah. because so many of them get up there and they, they hate, they act like they hate being there. And, um, a lot of them probably do
0: hate talking in front of people.
1: Yeah. Sure. And, 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 I, and I, you know, and I've heard, I've heard, again, it's, 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 it's practice. For, I mean, it's also practice for the teachers, the instructors that get up during these things, me included, you know, to, 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 to learn how to, because if you, you know, to break that stereotype by being, a, a, a lively, energetic, engaging speaker to getting practice like that is invaluable. Because when you are like that, what I have found is that there are so many groups that, you know, once you get to the lecturing level of things, that's a whole nother, you know, part of the hierarchy in in the pay scale. Once you can get up there and make people laugh, you can see all the eyes on you and keep them for 45 minutes. Other entities will be grabbing to pay you to come and do that. So, I mean, I love having this just like with the collective at every stage and every part. I want everyone to do something that gives back to them you know yeah, yeah. and 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 that's the same thing with these with these events and to not feel like something's, they want i want people to feel like it's happening with them and not to them where i've gone to the poetry readings and uh you know the guy or, or or the lady just absolutely abhors being there and you can tell and i've heard you know so many poets say like well i hate coming to these things like in front of folks like i hate coming to these things and i really don't like reading my work you're not going to sell any books yeah what do you 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 know it's you know, so and then if you ask them any kind of questions, uh, they make you feel like trash or, or an idiot yeah. for asking or you know, having, having the gall to raise your hand. You know, so I mean, these are all things that, that I didn't want to bring in there. And, you know, it's not just for good karma, which it is, but you also want to have free events that they do advertise for your big paid events. But then after they come and they've, they paid to see your stuff and how to write, they can then come to the free events again to read their stuff. So that's where the symbiotic part comes from, you know, to where they want to be in, in, involved in it. And then the community you begin to, to, to build, because that's your fan base. Those are the people that are going to buy your tickets. And those are the people that you're talking about with your concert who would then share that invitation, because it's not yeah. just something cool. It's not just something cool. They think their friends would like. They don't they feel even better about sharing it because they had a great experience and they know their friend won't get jerked around and cheated either.
0: Oh, Totally. Totally. And, and then let's not forget, because you just brought up the concert. This is also a chance for especially like women, for instance, women or, are, are, you know, I noticed they were that was a huge part of our audience for them to all go get dressed up and have an amazing evening and have fun. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is this is um, this really goes back. This is stuff that has sold for hundreds, thousands of years, man. I mean, you could have sold a group of people on getting dressed up and going out and having fun and hearing music a thousand years ago. It would have mm-hmm. worked you know what yep. i mean like so there there are these things that um you, if you're helping artists find a way to fully more realize their their craft and decide to move into to doing it for a living and talking to people they respect who've who've been there who are actually actively talking to them and encouraging them that's huge but if you're going to get up there and make it all about you i hate coming to these things you you're never going to get where i am this is I mean, that stuff sucks, and I, I've seen it, and I've oddly heard a lot about professors doing that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I just have absolutely no tolerance, to be honest with you. I've spent so much, I've spent the last, you know, X amount of years, and I know you have too, doing nothing but encouraging people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, stop thinking there's a hierarchy. As as The Rock said in that show, Ballers, he's like, look, it's just a bunch of guys. It's just a bunch of guys and, uh, you know, and behind them is just a bunch of other guys. <laughs> like yeah. we're, we're all just, we're all just people here. And just because yeah. some of it, someone acts fancy doesn't mean they actually are, you know?
1: No, no. In fact, the ones that are, the, the more, the more they act that the less they are that I agree. You know, it's like the adage that says, uh, only fake, only fake friends warn you about fake friends. You know, <laughs> you know? You know what I'm saying? That's true. It, it, yeah. It is. It's, you know, th- to have some humility in it. It just it, it all leans to the 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 living truth that your your right your writing, your art, your music um will appeal to more people. You know, because yeah. you're still connected to the human form, the in, in human nature.
0: So I think I mean maybe this is a, a good place for us to kind of just wrap this this point here. I think we've got we've uncovered a bunch of different topics we can go on and do different episodes about eventually here, but um I think kind of wrapping it saying Creating a live event, which is really something where in person, you guys can, you and your audience can get together, have a real community, actually connect with one another, offer something of value to your audience that is really going to enhance their lives and their experience. It's not about you. It's about them. But you will not believe how much of a difference that can make. And by the way, that's also a very direct moneymaker If you're intelligent about it, you don't just blow it. You're not silly about it. And let's just not forget this point. You definitely should be planning at least five months out. Three months out is your, is your promotion period. And you need to actually develop a plan, which uh, actually, you know, Cliff, that I think maybe we should look at next time. I'm just going to say this live on the air right now or on the, on the recording, not on the air, but uh, maybe we should talk about next time, actually figuring out who are our target you know, target ideal fan is and then how we actually go about promoting ourselves to those people specifically. Um, we might have different views on how we do it. We might do it totally different ways. It might even be like, a, I don't know, I'm just trying it. I'm just experiencing it. That's fine. Um, but uh, I think that could be really valuable. I'm neck deep in marketing stuff right now, and I'm starting to see the art in it and how the authenticity of service and the passion for art actually fits very well into it. It's not crazy salesy stuff it's authentic um but i think people need to be able to see it that way
1: i agree i agree okay cool let's do it
0: all right so at any rate uh clifford thank you so much appreciate it i'm sure everyone else does as well um so for myself from clifford until next time keep on writing we look forward to seeing you in the next episode of this business of music and poetry both Clifford Brooks and myself, want to say thank you for spending your time with us. We hope you took some things away from this that you can apply to your own life. We're going to be continuing forward in this podcast having guests, showing new perspectives and new ideas you can apply to your own life. The music for this episode was provided by the fantastic Justin Johnson. You can find him at justinjohnsonlive.com. You can find Clifford Brooks at southerncollectiveexperience.com. And you can find me at michaelamaday.com or worldpoetryopenmic.com. Net. Join us for this next episode and bring your ideas with you. It's our goal to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Until we meet again.